Fantastic. Good morning. So, so, so good to be with you. Uh, this is our first time ever at Every Nation Somerset West, and we feel right at home. So, um, very, very, very special to be here this morning. And um, obviously, we don't know most of you here, but thank you to you guys for hosting us so well, for welcoming us. We, we hear so many good things about this church and uh, we've had wholehearted uh, minister to us in London and, and just had a powerful time with them. So you guys, uh, you have a reputation that goes before you, really. And thank you for being a church that's, that's just part of, an, of the Every Nation family around the world. And I pray that this morning will be special to you. Are you glad you came to church this morning? Fantastic. I really trust that this morning will, 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 will be significant in your journey with God. Um, whether you know him this morning or don't know him this morning, that something will awaken in your heart and something will happen here that by the time you and I leave here, that we will not be the same. If we came in empty, we'll leave full. Amen. If you left, uh, came in hungry, I don't know what we're going to feed you, but God has got something for you this morning. Okay. If you came in thirsty and weak, that's something here. The God who is here is able to meet you right where you're at. Um, just a couple of pictures and, and some of our story, and then we'll get to God's Word this morning. Are you okay with that? I want to first give you greetings from the greatest city in the world. Hey. Cape Town? No, I'm not going to get into that, okay. Uh, but this is a great place, isn't it? I mean, this is an amazing place. Uh, actually, it's, a, it's got some great memories for me too, personally. You know, I, gave, I did not grow up as a Christian. I gave my life to Christ when I, I was drafted to the Navy in Saldana Bay. And a friend of mine that I befriended at the, in the Navy invited me to church in Paro, of all, in Belleville, to the Lighthouse. Anyone ever been, knows about the Lighthouse? And anyway, I got there, and that's the first time I heard the gospel. I walked into the Lighthouse, and it was crazy that morning. Maybe some of you feel like this is your first time this morning. Like, what the heck is this? Right, it was like, whoa, it was all sorts of things happening there. Uh, but anyway, I surrendered my life to Christ um, there. And two months later, I was chosen to join the Naval College just down here in Gordons Bay, um, the officer's course over there. And I, I got there, and, and I learned some incredible lessons about this. was two months after I gave my life to Christ. I was there, and I learned many uh, powerful lessons over there. But but I learned an amazing lesson in Somerset West about God, too. See, there was this family that lived just up Helderberg College Drive. They had a beautiful three-bedroom house up there. And uh, this family, I was introduced to them, and they picked me up most Sunday mornings in Gordons Bay, and we were just getting killed over there. I mean, it was just, they were drilling us. They were trying to see whether we were officer material and all that stuff. Um, and they were killing us, but we, we got some Sundays off, and this family would drive from Helderberg to, to Gordons Bay, pick me up, take me all the way to the lighthouse, we'd do church, we'd come back, we'd have a fantastic three, four, five course meal in this beautiful home, then I'd go to lay down in their bed in the, off, in the, bed in the afternoon with this feathered down duvet, and and then late that afternoon, they'd take me back to Gordon's Bay, and the week would start again. But I learned something about the favor of God, the blessing of God. You know, when you put your trust in Him, He has ways to look after you, right? Just to take me out of that crazy environment. My friends, they would like, have had miserable Sundays, and I'd come back like, whoa, man, I'm ready for this week. And um, I feel like that because we've been hosted at the uh, Manor on the Bay 
uh, guest house, my man, I just feel right, right back in those days. So um, anyway, this is a special place. I learned a lot of things in, in these mountains, in this area about God in my formative years of, of discipleship. And um, I'm very grateful this is a very special place for us. Um, so London, uh, next picture quickly. Let's run through those. Uh, this is my family, Ali, obviously there, and our two daughters, Amy and Abby. Abby Amy's just graduated uh, a graphic design degree. Abby is at Oxford University. Uh, one more year to go over there studying f English and French literature. How does that happen from a couple that grew up in Stutterheim? And next picture quickly. Um, this is our church in London. One of our, we have three congregations across London, but this is a our congregation, our original congregation, on a university college um, campus, Imperial College. We love campus ministry, and uh, just amazing uh, what God has done there. And this, this, this is us. So, who's ever been there? Anyone ever visited us? Wow! Come on, fantastic. Some of you still got some living to do, right? Uh, do come and join us there. But pray for us in in London. Um, next picture is this is when we started this is our first service all right ever you can see me on a nylon string guitar okay there were three people at that service right it was us two and at least a photographer it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't a selfie stick right we didn't have those things back then it was just like you got to get someone to take the photo uh, but you know in in um, in 1993 in september 93 ali and i were sent out from the baxter theater this was in the days when they, our family in South Africa, his people family, was only two churches, and we were just planting a church in Grahamstown. And uh, there was a, a theater just like the one I just showed you, the Baxter, the Baxter Theater, and the, uh, that had a vision for the world, had a vision to go to the nations. And we'd connected with them, and, and they sent us out, and hands were laid on us, and we went out from there in 1993. We arrived in London with our two backpacks and a vision, literally, we had knew nobody there. We'd never been there before. But how many, and, and uh, sorry, after a year in London, this is still what it looked like. And I'm just here to tell you, do not despise the day of small beginnings. I mean, some of you got a dream, but it's, it just looks so small. After a year or two or three, I don't know how long you've been carrying your promise, how you, long you've been pressing in, but you look at it and it's, and if it's from God, friend, then you've got to look at it as seed, amen? And seed, you just got to keep it in the right environment. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. And I thank God that He is the God of breakthrough and He is the faithful God. And if He said it, He will do it, amen? And I want to encourage you with that. This is, so we had a breakthrough after the first year, and wow, what an incredible journey it has been. God has been faithful. Uh, next September, it'll be our 25th anniversary over there, and, and we're just so thankful for what God has, has done over those years. Um, so anyway, next picture is uh, the Every Nation family, your family in Europe, all right? We're in about 10 different nations, a couple of other nations have some outreach groups going. Uh, we have about nearly, I think, 30 churches across Europe. And it's a real privilege to be laboring there. It's hard ground, but I ask you to pray for Europe. I thank you for your investment into Europe. You guys have been amazing. And there's something stirring in, a, in South Africa about Europe. So um, if that's in your heart, come on, just, just say, yes, Lord. Say, here I am, Lord. Um, start by praying for us and, um, and just, just keep praying for Europe. It is a real privilege to be a part of the Every Nation family around the globe. We're in about 70 five, six nations where we have churches at the moment, and uh, as part of the apostolic team, 
it's my privilege to, to sit in that and see what God's doing around the world. And, and I'm just here to tell you, it is well with our Every Nation family around the world. Thank you for your part. Every time you put money into this basket or bank account, part of that, the tithe of that impacts the world. You, your, a tenth of your tenth, at least, plus loads that this church does, goes to blessing the nation. This is not just about maintaining, trying to fill this room up. This, this is a house of mission. This is a house of vision. This is a, a, a house that's a blessing to the nation. So thank you so much for being part of what God's doing in the earth. Um, next quick picture is, what is that? All right, that's not London Bridge, right? That's Tower Bridge. And it's Tower Bridge just, just from a different angle. How many of you know sometimes you've you got to look at things from a different angle? Sometimes you've been in something for too long to see its life. Sometimes you've been, you become familiar with things and, you, and they lose their significance and, their, and, and, and just their urgency and their beauty and their, their wow factor. And today I want us to look at some truth that uh, Pierre asked me to talk about a particular topic, and, and it's pretty challenging because many of us in this topic could say, well, what's going to change? How's it going to be different? How will the next season in this particular area be different for me? Are you ready to see something from a different angle? Are you ready to just say, God, you here, you are the God of new things. You can, you can refresh, you can do it. Anyway, Here's the title of, our, of what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about going with good news. We're going to talk about going with good news because good news is worth sharing. And you have on your, on your seat, you had a, a flyer, just we'll get ready with that in a moment. Um, but here's, here's what this morning is about. This is really to help us get better at getting out of us what's in us to those around us. All right, this is a simple. If, if in the next 25 minutes I can help you and myself and us to get to learn, to get stirred, to get some skills, to be envisioned, to get out of us what's in us to those around of us. How many ever struggled to get out of you what's in you? Maybe you fell in love sometime. And you just didn't know how to speak about it. You just didn't tell, know how to tell her. Right? Ali and I dated when we were 13 years old for one month. I was in love. Okay, I was crazy in love. She did dump me because I, she was taller than me. And that's a whole other story. I'm not going to minister on that healing process. But you know, when I was in love, I just, it, it was, we went to this one party. Ali hates me telling the story, so I'm in trouble already. I didn't plan to tell it, but it just kind of came out of me. Because if it's in you, it'll just come out of you, right? And I remember walking around this house where we had a party, and, and, and I just could not tell Ellie what I felt. You know, sometimes when you, if you know the good news of Jesus Christ, you, you're in love. You, something's in there, but, but you just struggle to get that out of you in a way that others can understand it. Have, have you ever experienced that? Now, I just want to say, if you're here today and you're not a believer, you don't know God, you're seeking, you, you're looking for Him, um, I just want to say, you're in a good place today because you're going to hear something. You're, gonna, you're with a bunch of people who want to get better at letting you know what has changed their lives. Right? I mean, we have, we have messed it up in many ways. 
Maybe you've heard it as legalism, as law, as a bunch of rules, bunch of instructions. You're just like, I just don't get it. I just don't get what this person's trying to tell me. Maybe that's the way you've heard it. But friend, if you're not a believer, I want to ask you, give us some grace while we figure out to get better to share the amazing grace of God with you. There is a world way to, you, you, wait, you, you will love God when you know Him. So, so we're going to get, look at, look at some truth this morning to help us get out of us what's in us. If you've got something in you, uh, this is going to help you get it out of you in a healthy way. Um, you've been in a series about Jonah, right? I listened to some of it, really, really good stuff. All right, but Jonah needed some help, right? I mean, he said he knew God, but, but he didn't really, it just didn't, it just didn't show up in his life, right? Instead of going where God said he should go, he went the other way. And he needed some amazing help. He needed to get a revelation of God, of God's heart. So many things needed to happen before he actually did what God, what he should do. And often we have great intentions, but we just don't know how to do it. And that's okay. So, so turn to somebody and say, I need some help too. Now, before we get in the scripture, I just felt I wanted to do something, just show you some something prophetic, okay? I think some of us are stuck. Or maybe some of us have stumbled. Or maybe some of us just have wandered off. And I really trust that this morning, through this message and the ministry we've already had, and that'll come still, that you're going to walk in a new way. How beautiful on the Helderberg Mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. Those who proclaim salvation and declare that our God is good and He reigns. And, and I, I'm going to preach the re, rest of this message in a different pair of shoes. Some of us need to get rid of some old stuff, right? Okay. Some of us have been just, we got stuck. You know, our, our going is, is kind of going nowhere. Right? We've, we've wandered off. We've, and we just need some help. And God the Holy Spirit is here to help us today. And you can put off the old and, and get some good, beautiful shoes to wander with good news in these Helderborg mountains and these valleys here. All right, come on, come on, come on. Just tell somebody else, you, you're going to get some good new shoes today. It's time to start moving in the right direction. It's start going, time to go with good news again. God's going to help me today. Woo, this feels a lot more comfortable, man. I just have to rip my jeans and then I'll be right in. <laughs> I'm going to ask Ellie just before I get in the Word to, to, to help us a little bit. actually just share a something that the Lord shared with me for our church and I really believe it's for for this church this church as well and about a year ago the Lord said I'm giving you new weaponry and I'm an intercessor so and, and he says the weaponry that I'm giving you is the preparation of the shoes of the gospel and um and another word that he gave us was movement and so in, in this season and, and I believe that he's saying that, you know, we, we have to actually walk with new shoes. But the only way that we can do it is when we wait and we are 
we need that for movement, we need the wind of the Spirit to actually come and, and breathe upon us that we are witnesses for Him. And that is what creates movement that goes from there to there. And that's what he, he really, I, I believe that he's really wanting to mark us with him and, and to shape us with in this time, this season. Awesome, Ali. Thank you. Let's, uh, let's get the scripture. Let's go to our text for today, Colossians 4, verse 2 to 6. And you've got it on your desk. Uh, I mean, on your desk. That, that's in our lecture hall, right? On your desk. <laughs> that's where we would put it. Okay. Let's read the text together today. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Colossians, and he is encouraging them to go with the good news. He's writing this from prison, right? He's writing from, it's, it, don't, don't be so concerned about what you're in. It's more important what's in you than what you're in. Some of us get so in, in stuck in what we're in, in prison, in difficulty, in this, in that. Let's, he, Paul reminds, Paul's trying to encourage them, hey, You've got something in you. Let's pray together that it comes out of you in an amazing way. Okay? The thing that's blessed us, let it bless others through us. And so let's read the text together. Here we go. One, two, three. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Wow. This is what we're going to do. We're just going to dig into this scripture and, and learn some things and see what it says to us to help us Get what's inside of us out in a more effective way. You've got a new series starting next week, Eternity. It's going to be brilliant. And if you, if you don't know Jesus, if you're not a believer, come next week. Come over the next few weeks. If you've got friends who, who, who need some help, who need to know what you know, this is a great opportunity. And this is really to help us engage well, okay? And really what I want to, here's where we start with devotion. You see the first word is devote, right? On your text. You don't, in fact, I want you to look at your text, okay? Because I want you to get into the habit of, of getting into your Bible, all right? It starts with the word devote. This is where it all starts. Devotion is this quality of what you commit yourself to, to someone or to something. But it's more than just, hey, I'll be there. It's like, a, it's like an all-out, despite difficulty, keeping going kind of commitment. All right, it doesn't get distracted by difficulty or delay or disappointment. Devotion is something that, that you just, that helps you keep going through it all. And some of us quit too easily because we are not devoted. And now you will devote yourself to, what, what you devote yourself to will be determined by who you devote yourself to. And, and anything we give, we, we give because we first got it. You can only give what you've got. You can only tell of the one that you, you know. Uh, so, so it starts with devotion. And I'm wanting, I just want to ask us this morning, to whom are we devoted? To what are we devoted? To whom have we, have we committed ourselves to? If, if, if we think about the things we are devoted to, committed to, 
Do they reflect the one that we committed to? Because nobody wants to, you know, if, if I've got nothing in me, if I've got no life, no, no joy, no, no experience of this gospel, this good news in me, then who's going to want what I've got? I mean, why would anyone want to be as miserable as me? It starts with devotion. And here's another thought about devoting. Um, your devotions, I believe, will fuel your devotion. Okay, some of us say, well, I'm committed, but I'm pretty, I'm just empty. And I want to encourage you that the, I believe that the game changer for someone who wants to follow Christ is your habit of devotion. And now I know I can tell you, I can be a pastor, a teacher, and tell you, you must spend time with God. You should spend time with God. Is that true? Yeah, but, but some of you, and I know some of you are just fully devoted. Your devotions are off the, they're going awesomely. But some of you are struggling. Some of you are just showing up, but you're showing up empty. You need some new rhythms. You need some new ways. So here's, here's just something to help you with your devotion. Right? I, I call it reaping. Okay, R-E-A-P. Don't just read your Bible. Reap it. Read, R for read it. Examine it, apply it, pray it. This is the routine. But more than that, you might say, well, I do that anyway. Okay, there it is up there. Okay, here's, here's what most of you need to do. You need to slow right down in the amount of reading you do. You're reading the Bi too much of the Bible. You're stuffing yourself like Ellie and I stuffed ourselves at breakfast. Quickly, we, we like to get here on time, we just like, eggs, bacon. I mean, that, that manor on the bay, that's an awesome place, man. But we just like, oh, man, I'm in such a rush. Let me shove something in, and then I've got indigestion. It was good, but it didn't help me much. Here's what I'd say. This is a saying I came up with. Systematic reading results in specific leading. Okay. Systematic reading, what does that mean? Just re decide today where you're going to start reading, and you just read a few verses. I would suggest not more than 10, okay, but maybe... I'm not putting that on as a law, but just a few. I read one or two. Stop. Examine it. What's it about? Who's it to? Why was it written? Apply it. What's in it for me? What do I need? How do I live this? Pray it. Lord, help me to do this. Help me to live this. And then tomorrow, when I wake up, where do I start reading again? Just where I stopped. Okay. Some people are into random reading. It's not a good idea. Like, Lord, where are you speaking to me? I need a word. I need a word. I need a word. Is it an old word, testament word, new testament word? No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Just start somewhere, read, drill in it, get it into it. And that's why we printed this out for you. You can reap this passage. If you will get, if you will set your alarm at 426 in the morning or in the afternoon and turn when it goes off, beep, beep, beep. Just pause and think about it. Colossians 4, verse 2 to 6. You just examine that again. You, you, you say, Lord, this is what it's teaching me. And I pray that I would live this. I want to tell you, when you start to do that, amazing things can happen. You see, your devotions will fuel your devotion. All right? And, and I just want to encourage you. Let's live from an overflow. We've had a few prophetic words about rivers and wells and springs over here already. This is where the... Where, this is where going with the good news begins. I've got something to give. I want the love of God to spring up with me like a well and splash on those around me. But it's got to be in me to get out of me, right? And I want to encourage you. I pray that 
that your devotions will come amazingly alive. And if, you, if you're in any group or whatever, talk about the reality of how you're doing with those. And I know I can labor this, and, and we want to get into how we do it. But friends, if we don't start with an overflow, we have nothing to give. This world does not need more dry Christians. This world does not need more empty Christians, right? This need, world needs people who are overflowing with the love, the presence, the, the reality of God in their lives. I, went, I don't know about you, but I want to show up full. And, I, and the good news is I can because He fills me. All right? He is the one who pours out His love into my heart so that I can pour it out onto others. The gospel is not do, do, do. The good news, Christianity is spelled D-O-N-E, done. Religion is spelled D-O, do, do, do. All right? You can do because God has done in Christ. Amen? So just think about your devotion. Next thing we can find in that scripture is just that this is what I want to encourage you with. All right, so live devoted. Secondly, live knowing God or, or go with God. Can you notice in this passage that Paul says, pray for me that God would open a door that I may share the message, the mystery of Christ. Notice that he, he's showing us here that there are things that God does and there are things that we do, right? And this is important. If you, get, if you mix up what you expect, what God says you should do, and what, what He should do, when you try to do what He should do, and you expect Him to do what you should do, guess what? You ain't going to go with any good news. This is amazing. He says, pray that God would open a door for the message. How many of you like open doors? I mean, we're always praying, Lord, open a door for my job, open a door for this, open a door for me to go to London, the greatest city in the world. But how about this prayer? What if this prayer captured us? Open a door for the message that changed my life. Open people's hearts. Lord, open people's hearts. And then, so this is what he prays. And I want to encourage us, let's go with God. Let's, let's make sure we we. We know what God's going to do, and we ask Him to do it and expect Him to do it. As we pray by faith, He'll do it, right? Um, just another thought about God. You know, here's a, here's a truth. What you know and believe about somebody will determine whether you, how you relate to them. Would you agree with that? What you know about me and Ali will determine whether you actually want us at this church or not. All right, or what you know about that colleague of yours when they invite you for a meal will determine whether you're going to say yes or no. Right? And the same is with God. What you know and believe about God will determine how you relate to Him. Whether you will run to Him or run from Him. Mm -hmm. Second thing is, what you know and, know and believe about God will determine how you represent Him. If you've got a warped view of the Father... Guess what? What comes out of you is going to be pretty miserable for the person receiving. They're going to say, like, I don't want that kind of father. So we got to know this, this God that we're praying to, this God that, we, that we're proclaiming, we, we need to know Him. And the most important thing you need to know about God is that God is love. That, that's, that when, when you're representing that he is, he is love and that He is Father and that He is prodigal, He is lavish, in his father, in his, in his love, right? I mean, just I just want to encourage you: make sure you represent him well. Um, when you're going with God, this amazing God, 
you know, we say God is with you. It's good to go with God, right? And it's good when you go to know that God is with you in whatever you do. I love that thought, God is with us. But, you know, just sometimes we, what do we think when we say God is with us? Like, is he there to, to just to hug me, you know, just to, like, comfort me? No, listen, he is with you as a mighty, awesome one. He's with you with all his wisdom, with all his gifts, with all his power, with his Holy Spirit, with his word, with his delegated authority. He's, that's the one who is with you. Man, when, 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 it's, when I'm going, I'm not going alone. I'm going with the mighty, awesome one. When Ali and I were at the Baxter Theater being sent out, they laid hands on us and they prayed for us, prophes- few prophetic words. And one of the words was this. It was says, this, this lady prophesied, and she said, when you go, they will challenge you and say, whose business are you on? And you will reply, we are on the business of the king. Some of you didn't get that. We are in the business of the king. We are representatives of. We are ambassadors of. We are on his mission. And, and, and when you go, you can know that this one is with you. This is, this is the God that's with you. I want to encourage you, secondly, to get out what's, what's in you. Know God for who he really is. Don't have a warped idea of the father. Like the prodigal son, you know, when he left, he thought he knew the father, but he didn't, did he? He, he, what, what he thought of the Father was totally, it was just a, a misunderstanding. Sadly, most people's understanding of God is a misunderstanding. But, oh, man, when you represent him and represent him well, eyes can open and they can know him. And many who begin to know him, didn't, didn't the prodigal son in the pigsty, what, what changed his mind? He started to know, remember what the Father is really like. He said, man, I need to get my stinking thinking right. I need to... Doesn't, doesn't he even look after the servants? Well, wow, I think I'm going to go back there. See, that's repentance. Repentance isn't just being sorry and miserable for what you've done. Repentance requires change of mind about two things. Firstly, about God, that he is good. Now, why would you want to turn to a God that you don't think is good? Why would you want to go home to a God who, who is more He's going to put you in a worse situation than the pigsty you're in already. So you need to change your mind about two things. Who God is and what he is like, that he is love and that he is good. And you've got to change your mind about sin, that the stuff I'm doing is red. I've got to, I've got to look it in the eye and say, this always destroys me, always disappoints me, always. It's, I, I don't want anything more to do with it. I'm going home to my father. That's the journey. That's the journey that good news should bring to a person. So let's know our God and go with Him. Amen? This will help you. This will help you. The next thing we see in this is, is go with clarity. Notice in the text, Paul says this. He says, I pray, pray for me that I would share this message clearly even as I should. You see it there in the text? Again, I, now I want to encourage you. When you're in your Bible, all right, get, it, get there with a pen, get there with a notebook like this, okay? And, and I always say, go to your devotions with a notebook and a pen because that shows God and reminds you that you're going to expect some, to receive something that's worth remembering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, just write something that as you examine, as you read, just write, just write something down. And you, you begin to be amazed at how God does speak to you. Right? Um, 
hope, I hope that, that you aren't one of those who are bored with your Bible. Maybe you are bored with your Bible. You kind of page through the Bible, where shall I read? And then you end up in the book of maps at the back. Planning your next trip to London. But he says over here, he says over here, pray that I would share this message clearly, even as I should. One of the reasons we don't share the message is often we are not confident in the message. We are not clear in the message. Ali and I were having coffee uh, a, a while ago. In, in London, in, in Richmond Park, beautiful place, looking down, and there's Twickenham Stadium, by the way, in the background, the great, world's greatest rugby team. Uh, did I say that? <clears throat> and we're having coffee at, at this little table, and next to us, a, couple, a, two, a guy and a girl are sitting, and they're having this amazing spiritual conversation, but it's weird stuff. I mean, it's all the stuff, and of course, the coffee date was kind of ruined. Okay, like, Ellie, just forgive me now. We got, <laughs> we got some kingdom business here. Right, and this conversation is going on, and they're talking about all sorts of weird, weird spiritual things. And, and, and when we finished, we, I get up, and I turn around, and I say, listen, excuse me, but I, I just couldn't. That was an interesting conversation. I just couldn't over, help overhearing it. And we get into a discussion, and, and as we talk a little bit, they turn to me, and they say this. So what do you believe? I don't know if you've ever wanted someone to ask you that question. But how do you know when someone, you've been praying, right? God, open doors, right? Give me opportunities. And now somebody asks you, so what do you believe? How many you know that what comes out of you at that point better be clear? Better be clear. And, and you could practice that a little bit with somebody. Maybe in your small groups, you could practice that. So what do you believe? On the spot, let's go. What comes out of you? The message that comes out of you, Paul says, needs to be, help me. He says, pray for me that it would be clear. Because you see, we have, we mess the message up so much. We give them instructions rather than the great invitation. We give them law instead of love. Yeah, we give them grace, but then we sprinkle it with all a bit of law. We tell them, you've got to come to church. You've got to make your life right. We've got to do all this, do, do, do. What comes out of us when, when, when we're sharing this message? You see the word clearly over there is the, is, has the idea to it that it's made graspable. Okay, it comes out of me in a way that someone can take hold of it. And isn't that the objective? It's not just, I have shared the gospel. Thank you, Jesus. Tick, tick, tick. Now, the objective is that someone would receive the gospel and respond to it and, be, and, and experience what I've experienced, right? So, so, so just thinking through what comes out of us. The gospel is good news, not just good advice. It's good news. And listen, one thought about the clarity of the gospel. This will give you confidence because confidence, or, or sorry, when you get clear about the message, you will be, have greater confidence in the message or to share the message. And here's what I would encourage you. Think, I said just now, God is love, right? Let your message start with God's love, not with man's sin. Listen, God was love before man was sin. How, why do we always start with pointing the finger? You bad person, your sin, you need to change this. No, no, no. If they don't know who God is, guess what? They won't want to relate to Him. God is love. What do I believe? I believe God loves everybody. 
There's a good start to the message. Now, hang on, hang on. Some of you don't believe that. Some of you think, I know some people he definitely doesn't love. See, if you don't believe that God loves everybody, there will come a day when you are that one person that, doesn't, that he, you think he doesn't love. Last time I checked, the motivation of the gospel, and I know we often share the gospel. The gospel is that God became flesh, but don't stop. There is a step before that, and that is the motivation of the gospel. This is important, friends. The gospel is not, you have not shared the message clearly unless you've also shared the motivation, the why of what God did, not just the what he did. Christ died for you. I mean, that is, that is of course, that, that's a fact, that's a truth. But the motivation of why he died for you isn't, first of all, even your sin. It is his love, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So I just want to encourage you, if you think about one thing to change in how the message comes out of you, May it start with, hey, I believe God loves everybody. Of course, it continues. Secondly, I believe also that all have sinned, not just your specific sin and that specific sin and, and the tax collector's sin. No, all of us have sinned. That's the second part. The third part is, I believe that Christ died in, 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 in substitution for all sin. Is that, is that still good news? And then the next part is, I also believe that all of us need to consider what God did in Christ and respond to it. Now, you can share that clear message with anybody until that point, right? Once, I mean, that's where they need to respond, and then some, some wisdom needs to come in on how, how you lead someone to that point. But I just want to encourage you, Paul pray, says, pray for me that the message that I share would come out clearly even as it should. You know, my dear mother, is, is, is my mom in the house today? Why don't you stand, mom, at the back there, all right? That, my mom is now part of this church. Woo! Awesome. Um, she turns 80 next year. Wow. We're going to have to be back for the party. I just want to honor my mom for, you know, is, we are a going movement, right? Um, but how many parents have had to let go for us to go, go and, and just honor... Um, we have the Fasahi family here. Johan and, and Andrea, this, their children are in, in Belfast, our latest Europe church plant. Where are the Fasahi family? Veronica, you guys, Johan. <laughs> Salute you for being willing to let go. I know it's painful. There's, you know, it's, it's great to say we're going to the nations, but somebody's going to let go, right? Uh, but my mom, we never grew up as Christians. We never knew the gospel. I mean, I got some religion at school. Um, we, we didn't ever go to church on a Sunday. We went sailing on a Sunday. Every Sunday I raced boats. Nobody, I just got religion. I just didn't know. But my mom said to me yesterday as we were having a pizza at the LJ's, she said, you know, if someone had come to Vinteca, our little farm, and shared the gospel with me as I knew it, I would have responded. She didn't. I mean, we, have, we had a lot of religion, but we didn't have the gospel. May we share, may what comes out of us be clear and compelling and full of the love and the grace and the forgiveness of God and the hope of God. What, God's got something for them, right? He doesn't just want something from them. If your message isn't about what God has for you before you ask him what he wants from them, I think you're missing the point. You're not representing God well. It's a man-focused gospel rather than a God-focused gospel. Let's represent God well in an amazing way. And lastly, if to get this out, of us to those around us 
He says, go with wisdom. He says, and pray for me that we would have wisdom. What's it say? Have a look again at the, at the, at, at his, and he says, be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Okay, wisdom. Wisdom. We need wisdom. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Right? I mean, you can know a lot of stuff in your head. You can have a lot of stuff in your heart. But to, wisdom is this, to get it from inside of you out into life. It's the application of knowledge. And in this context, wisdom is the, is the discernment, the, the skill to get what's in me out to someone else so that they can receive it like I've got it. And he says, be wise towards those who are on the outside. You know, sometimes we treat everybody as if they're on the inside. It takes wisdom to get what's on your inside to those who are on the outside. May God give us wisdom. Pray for wisdom. Pray for the, the skill, the discernment. You know, I was, I was just a few months ago, I, I was on my bike heading off to our office. And as I turned out from our place, a lady comes past on her bike and she says, Wolf, stop. I said, you know, what's this? And I recognize her as a, as a lady who we used to know at the school gate. Her, our daughters were friends um, at school. And she says to me, Wolf, where is she now? And I say, what do you mean? She says, my Amy. Now, my daughter, one of my daughters is also Amy. My Amy, where is she now? I said, what do you mean? She says, my Amy, did you not hear? And she had... A about three months before that, had drowned in a bath at university. She'd had a bit of a troubled kid, got into a bit of trouble, probably had a bit of an overdose and ended up being drowned in the bath. And she says to me, Wolf, where is she now? How many of you know at that point you need wisdom how to answer somebody? It's not the pat phrase, well, I hear the gospel. You need wisdom. That's not the time. To, you know, to, to call someone to repentance and salvation. That's the time when you need some serious wisdom. There's no script for that answer, is there? They don't teach you that at pastor school if you're thinking of you. That's when you're going to get the answer. But here's, I just was reminded, there's a student. And she's gone. Her mother's got questions. The kid had questions. She never heard this gospel. We need wisdom as we're sharing this gospel. Make the use of every opportunity, he says. We need wisdom to seize opportunities, right? That word is the kairos. You know, we can go through our chronos, our time, our 24-7, our 9-5, our, our daily routine, our weekly routine. But as we go, may we be tuned in to the God opportunities. Because if we've been praying that God will open doors, how about he will open a, open a door and can I take the opportunity there? I want to say, could we believe as a, as a church and as Christians that in this next year, we will share the good news, the life-changing good news of Jesus with more people than ever before, both individually and as a church? You think we could believe that? Could we believe that we will share the life-changing message of Jesus with more people than ever before? Could you believe that for your life? That's what God told us at the beginning of this year to do. This was the year to go. To share the good news of Jesus with more people than ever before. How many of you know when I, when I said, God, I mean, we've had that vision every single year for 24 years. What's going to make a difference this year? I want to say, as I've been reaping this, as I've been praying this, as I've been saying, Lord, help me, teach me. I personally have shared the gospel this year so far with more people than ever before. And it's been a blast. 
I have shared it using the God test on airplanes, in taxis. I've shared it on a ski lift, on two, two or twice on a ski lift. We get to do that in Europe. You can come. It just, it's just when you're aware of it, when you've said, Lord, do this, reminding, being in your devotions, remembering what you've got, in your, in, in thinking about the God that you represent, thinking about the message and its clarity, giving, trusting for wisdom to take the opportunities, to have, to have the graceful conversations. And by the way, the graceful full con- a, a, a conversation full of grace seasoned with salt is not a conversation that shares God loves you and then sprinkles some law on top of it. A conversation that is full of grace seasoned with salt is simply an, an, a, a, a metaphor for a serving a wonderfully, wonderfully uh, spiced meal that makes it like, I want that. It, the, it's not love plus a bit of law. My truth is, let's just get that right. I'm passionate about that. So I pray that we will be those who devote our lives who know our God, who know the message, who are confident in this message that has changed our lives, and who walk in wisdom. And, you know, I guess we go back to the first word, and it's devote. And I love, I think the words in the scripture that most capture the idea of devote yourself is the word, here I am, Lord. And I just want to ask you, will you say that? Isaiah said it when God came to him and said, who will go for us? Who will go and take my message to this people? He said, here I am. And he said, this this is the move, okay? This is how every nation moves, for saying, here I am. So so won't you just, just in your heart say, here I am, Lord. I pray over you this morning before I hand over to Pia. I pray over you and I and us that God would open a door for all of us, that we would devote ourselves firstly, that God would open doors for us to share this message. And as he does, we will share this mystery of Jesus Christ clearly, even as we should. I pray that we will be wise in the way we act towards outsiders. And where our actions need to change, that, that in devotion we will, we will see the, the application of God's, God's word will shape us and change us and help us. I pray that our conversation, your conversation, will be full of grace, seasoned with salt. I pray that you'll make use of every opportunity. You'll be tuned in to God opportunities. And I pray that you'll know how to answer everyone who asks you. I want you to stand together and just say, here I am, Lord. Now, I love to, I love to do one more thing. Just say, this is the move for here I am, okay? Just go like this. Right, now you can stay in the middle every morning before you leave your house. Say, Lord, here I am. I'm going with your good news. Lord, I pray that you'll find us available and use us. And may we share the good news of Jesus Christ with more people than ever before in this next season. To your glory, Lord.